Welcome to the 61st episode of Dolika, a podcast between two friends about the latest in politics, society, and feminism in Indonesia and the world. I'm Stephanie Tangkilisan. And I'm Suyidian Lee. And this week, we're going to answer some frequently asked questions about Dolika. Uh, we've also realized that our listeners have not listened to the two of us talking for a while now, so we figured this is probably a good time to address these questions and also talk to each other again. Yeah. We are here to answer more of your questions and we're going to cover comments like why are we so serious, why are we talk in English, and why are we so privileged, and uh, again, how we're just friends and not people dating, and how, what are the other podcasts we like and listen to. So here's to it. One of the questions that a lot of people have asked us on various different episodes, actually, is why are we so serious? And especially on YouTube. Yeah. Yes, I'm talking to you, YouTube audiences. Mm -hmm. We see you, even though there's not that many of you. I mean, I think both of us, we've been criticized for being really serious people. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I certainly have. I don't know, maybe Swiss. Like outside of the podcast, right? Like this is just like a, a general thing that people have said about us oh, yeah. throughout our lives. Yeah, so I feel like I'm very used to this question and I'm kind of okay with it. Like, maybe when I was younger, I'm like, no, I'm not that serious. I'm fun. I'm spontaneous. Um, but now that I'm older, I'm like, eh, this is who I am. Like, I am a serious person. Like, uh, I don't know how else to be. I just think that I go through life thinking about everything <laughs> so that I do and... um I mean, I studied like philosophy and political theory in college. Like, that's that's just who, who <laughs> this I is just am, that. and it's kind of the thing that like why we started a podcast in the first place because we had a lot of thoughts and feelings about things. So that's why we are so serious, and uh, I think it's just a mark of us caring about things very deeply. So I think thinking critically about different things is a part of um, our identity and our existence. So that's just how we apply things um, in our podcast and what we see in life and society. I agree with you wholeheartedly. What's interesting from my perspective is that for most of the times, whether it's about podcast episodes or just my personal life, when people say, why are you so serious? It's usually like, why don't you just you know, brush off this joke? Or why, why, why don't you just mm. not be so easily offended? Like, why do you have to be so politically correct? Mm. That's how I felt when people say, why are you so serious? And I'm just like, well, you come from a uh -huh. very strange place of privilege if you start, you know, criticizing people for being aware of other people's needs for rights, you know, other people's issues. And oh, snap. That's, that's how I felt, especially, you know, growing up in a very patriarchal society amongst mm -hmm. quite patriarchal circles. It's just like, that's always the, right. the thing that's lobbied to me. Like, why are you so serious? Like, why do you, why can't you take this, uh, sexist joke? <laughs> and I'm like, well, because it's a, it's a sexist joke, you know, it's, it's at the expense of other people. Right. So that's interesting for me. It's never because like, oh, you're so, um, thoughtful, intellectual about things. I was thoughtful. It's always just like, why can't you just take it easy? It's kind of an insult, right? Like, why are you so serious? It's like, why do you care so much about the rights and equality of other people that do not concern you? Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, 
And sometimes you're just like, I don't really want to explain why, like, what you're saying right here is wrong. Like, yeah. like, like, oh my god, that's just, ugh, you know. Yeah. And I feel I'm getting to that age where people just don't talk about things like that in front of me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because I'm pretty intense in real life, and I'm starting to pick my friends more carefully, and it's more like. I have, like, I'm at the point where it's, like, sometimes, like, okay, if you want to tell, you want me to, like, dissect, like, why what you're saying is politically incorrect and, like, mm-hmm. it's wrong. It's, like, you have to pay me for my emotional labor for that. And then no one ever takes me up on, like, paying me <laughs> for that. So that's where I'm at. Um, I mean, that's, that's true, right? Like, or, like, I have totally been in situations, like, oh, like, what you're saying is messed up because here, my podcast episode <laughs> number X. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you wanted to engage in this conversation, you come to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I'd like to think that whenever people say why you're so serious, it, in my head, the way I rationalize things a little bit is that for them, the seed of the severity of the issue or like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, the severity of the issue has started to be planted in their heads. That's why they're like, oh, why are you so serious? Because I'm starting to think about this. You shouldn't be talking about this like this mm-hmm. because you're making me feel uncomfortable and, you know. Mm. And I feel like that's part of the process into becoming mm-hmm. more aware about the world and quote unquote more woke. So I these days I'm like, if I can turn it into a potential learning moment for that person, that would be amazing. But if not, then, right. you know, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So why do we talk in English? And this is, I think, a frequently asked question that is like 100% on point and I 100% agree with like, the cringe that we have a podcast in English. Yeah. And it's such a huge question in accessibility, right? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people I wish we could reach can't listen to us as well because mm-hmm. you're speaking in English, which is a very privileged and like, I don't know, like... I mean, I remember... Off-putting language. Yes. And uh, it, it's, it's a weighted language, right? It has a lot of baggage for different communities. Mm-hmm. And... I remember one of our earliest episodes, I was, I was sharing it with a friend of mine who also does podcasts, also an Indonesian boy, Indonesian doing podcasts. Um, one of his comments was, you guys speak in English and you guys speak really fast in English. That might alienate some people. And I was like, oh, good point. But at the same time, people, please trust that we have tried doing this in Indonesian first. Yes. Uh, we definitely did try. Yes. And every time it's like pulling teeth and like painful. Like, I don't know if you can notice. So whenever we interview other people, like it's, I think we can interview people in Indonesian, Mm -hmm. but to have a conversational podcast in Indonesian where we can give our full range of thoughts and emotion, it's honestly and embarrassingly harder for us to do. Um, Completely own up to it. We can probably do a, like we can script and do a narrative podcast in Indonesian, because, like, at least for me, like, I'm way more comfortable writing in Indonesian, mm-hmm. like, more formally. And, like, um, I mean, I would say I'm a native Indonesian speaker, but it's to do the offhand remarks between me and Sweden. Also, like, our friendship dynamic is such that we mostly talk in, like, mixed Indo-English. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, let's be honest, we're, like, both, like, mostly went to international schools growing up. Mm-hmm. And most of our courseworks were in English mm-hmm. growing up, and we were come from a place where um, our parents and our school geared us to go to school in Western countries. Mm-hmm. 
so the only Indonesian classes we had was uh, Bahasa Indonesia classes. So that's like where our tensions were focused language-wise growing up. Um, yeah. And then we left Indonesia for college and then we're now living and working here. So that's kind of a function of how we think most of our days. Uh, yeah, I, um, I think for, for us... It's never been a case of we're using English in order to sound smarter, in order, in order to engage you know, wider audiences and neglect Indonesian audiences. It's just the language that's truest to our relationship and to our conversation. And I don't know about you, but I've always felt like if we had done this in Indonesian, the, the mental block and just the awkwardness of it would have prevented any useful conversation from happening. And I think... Oh, God. Yeah. We would have had like five... Like seven episodes. I mean, we would not have seven would have been, you know, generous. <laughs> yeah. as, as the person who, who listens to these episodes and edits them, seven would have been generous. Because I know I would have probably quit after like the first hour of recording. I'm also better than Swedian, to be honest. Uh, signi- significantly. <laughs> like, I think I, like if the person, my podcasting partner had way better Indonesian than me, I think I could have reached up to his or her level. Are you blaming any for this now? <laughs> yes, sweetie. I'll here. own up to it. I, I'm pretty shitty Indonesian. Uh, it's, it's pulling teeth, um, as Stephanie would have known. Whenever I have to interview a guest in Indonesian, I'm always just like, oh man, this is going to be this is gonna be a rough, you know, couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, it's also bad because like, I feel like it disqualifies a lot of our potential guests from speaking. Yeah. Um, and when we have like guests who speak in Indonesian sometimes, but um, we're always conscious of having to switch the language between each episode and we try not to do that. Yeah. And also we made a conscious decision not to do a mixed English-Indonesian podcast because I feel like that's also alienates the English listeners. Yeah. Um, I also think, like, you know, uh, it also means a certain a p- potentially smaller group of people can understand it because it's that, then it's literally people like us, yeah. people who are comfortable with English and Indonesian and can, you know, can understand both languages really comprehensively. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a necessary evil, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, I feel like there are a lot of Indonesians born in other countries, English-speaking countries, who listen to us as a way to connect with Indonesia. Yeah. And I feel like that would be harder for that kind of audience to listen to a Indo-slang English mm-hmm. podcast. Because also the Indonesian we speak, when we mix it with English, is very slang, like Jakarta, Gaul kind of like language. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a completely fair, frequently asked questions in which we agree that you listeners are right, that we should speak in Indonesian, but we, for various reasons, as elaborated, could not, and we hate ourselves. So, if you hate us, we hate ourselves more. End of question. <laughs> yes. I mean, that also relates to, I guess this question also relates to... um but us being educated abroad and not living in Indonesia, what gives us the right to keep, you know, talking about Indonesia? Yeah. And um, especially we're also a minority mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Uh, we grew up from a very certain part of Indonesian society. And honestly, right, like at this moment in time, we have the privilege to be able to talk about a lot of these topics without being directly affected yeah. by these topics. 
mm-hmm. part of my rationale with myself in terms of keeping talking about this issue, issues is that there's a whole lot of people, like you said, there's a whole diaspora of Indonesian of Indonesians who are living abroad. Some of which are you know generations living abroad, right? Like they they've never um, grown up in Indonesia. They they know it almost as like a cultural thing rather than a lived experience thing, and. Being in both worlds as I am right now, I feel like I can address these issues from both perspectives in order to provide more context, provide more information to these audiences. And Mm -hmm. I don't ever try to say that what I'm saying matters more to the local audiences because I don't think that's true. But I'm hoping that some of what I'm saying can matter more towards the diaspora. Mm -hmm. If people can connect with that through our conversations, I think that's... You know, that, that goes a long way in making me feel better about, about the privilege that it takes to create a podcast like this for the last two and a half years. So that's just, that's just where I'm coming from about the privilege side of things, recognizing wholeheartedly that I'm super privileged. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much economic privilege, um, educational privilege, etc. Mm-hmm. But I think we'd like to think that the fact that we've been doing this unpaid for two and a half years counts for something. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, and you know that, that's what I have to say about that. I, I also want to say, like you know, for both Stephanie and I, whenever we feel like we'll be talking out of our asses if we try to address this topic ourselves, we try to bring in experts or guests who can actually talk about these things uh, earnestly. Yeah, and I feel like that that's why we have shied away from talking about certain issues when we don't have the right guests to speak about those issues with. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who you know, be like, oh, you ha- you haven't talked about this topic, and I am a person from that, you know, background or knowledge in that thing, please let us know. We'd love to talk to you. Or if you have a friend like that, uh, let us know, and we'd reach out to them. Yeah. Um, reach out to so, us. Yeah. We definitely want to talk about more topics, but we're cisgendered minority people. <laughs> we can only talk so much about our experiences. <laughs> So uh, let's, since that was kind of heavy, another frequently asked question or and or comment in real life is, are we dating? And the answer to that is no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay, we do a d- nope, like a nope, 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 nope montage. Thing. Nope, 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 Never anything else. Never will be anything else. Nope. Ever. This is also one of the things that we had to address when we first started this podcast because we knew, at least in uh, Indonesian society, when we first, you know, when we were back home, when we were back home and we started this podcast, we knew that when we started this, people are going to ask, are you guys dating? Are you guys a thing? Is this like a couple talking about stuff and, uh, you know, having fantasies about that? And we had to nip it in the butt quickly because I think part of the reason why people and even and even from people who know us yeah like jeff diggett jakarta members discussion group people who listen to us shout out shout out uh, to fifi maolin <laughs> kate i think part of it as well is that when we first started this podcast you know i would like go to your house and record over there because you had you had the mic yeah and i have simone and you have Simone, which is actually the more important element. Like, you know, screw the mic. Um, mm-hmm. Follow her at Shelty Simone at Instagram. <laughs> Plug all the things. Also, if you haven't followed yet, my film, my documentaries, uh, Instagram is at 22films.com. No, at 22films 
at 22 films. <laughs> smooth, smooth. Sorry, at 22 month film. At 22 months film. Are you sure it's month and not months? That's at the number 22 films. 20 <laughs> I I like this movie exhausts me. Of all people, of all people, uh, you should know. <laughs> at 22 months film. And that's at like the number two and two months with an S and films. I'm in post-production hell. I literally cannot talk more about my film right now, so it's a dark place. So we're gonna we're gonna stay in the in the good place. It's a dark place. But yeah, we we are we're we're platonic and we're just friends, and it's okay for a man and a woman to just be friends. Come on, (laughs) it's twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Another frequently asked question is, what are other podcasts you like to listen to? Um, this is going to be quite a long list because I think we both really like a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we started on the journey of liking podcasts together um, pretty similarly with, you know, Radio Lab and This American Life and, you know, the big classics. And we still, I still really enjoy those, but I feel like I'm reserving that for like road trips and moments where I have an hour to listen to in a way that I can concentrate. Are they like reward podcasts? I kind of treat them as reward podcasts. Yeah, those are reward podcasts. <laughs> if I've done my shit for the week, then I can listen to this latest episode from Radio Lab. Otherwise, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, this is an interesting question or topic in general because I think if we didn't both independently love podcasts, then this podcast wouldn't exist, right? Like, why would we do it? <laughs> but yeah, so so what are some of your uh, favorite podcasts right now? So the one that I've just been binging recently is The Horror of Dolores Roach mm-hmm. by Gimlet Media. It's a narrative fictional scripted podcast from Gimlet. It tells the story of uh, Dolores Roach, uh, who after 16 years of prison returns to New York City neighborhood um, Washington Heights, which is a neighborhood that I almost lived in, actually. Like, I was looking at an apartment there. Uh-huh. And I really love Washington Heights, although if I did move there, I would have been one of the gentrifiers roasted on her podcast. So, um, yeah. So it basically tells the story of Dolores and how she's trying to re- reintegrate back in society and then uh, things happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's also like, because it's a scripted fiction podcast, like, there's a at least, you know, I listened to it also. The sound quality, the sound production is really amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. So in the morning, I listen to the daily podcast by the New York Times. I have to listen to the soothing voice of Michael Barbaro as I drink my morning coffee. And that's how I wake up, like fully wake up with like mm-hmm. knowing what's going on. It's only his soothing voice that can make you digest the, the shit that's happening in this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gets you in the like proper journalistic, most help those in power accountable mood that I need to start my day. Um. (laughs) (laughs) 
or what do you listen to during the day so uh so my routine is actually very different from yours because of the work that i do which is you know an intersection of like politics public relations and advertising like i get a lot of news in the office anyways mm-hmm. so i listen to what i'm calling like either hobbies or you know special interest podcasts for me and now i feel like i've categorized it to two things uh one is a football or soccer podcast which you just listen to all the time like sports podcast mm-hmm. um, which i don't think stephanie would ever touch <laughs> so i listen to that a lot uh on the flip side when i listen to cultural podcasts uh Recently, I've been listening to this podcast called Griefcast, hmm. which is hosted by British comedian Carriad Lloyd. If any of you have watched QI, um, the quiz show uh, in the UK, you'd know her. She's a frequent guest. She's a hilarious comedian. Mm-hmm. But one of the things she always sort of like starts her stand-up routine with is that, you know, she lost her dad to cancer, I believe, when she was 15. And she's very open about talking about losing her dad mm-hmm. as part of like her healing process. And so she wanted to start a podcast to talk about grief, but not so much in a like, let's grieve kind of way. But, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about it so that we can process about it. Mm-hmm. And it's personal, but I mean, I can talk about it. Like, you know, I recently lost uh, two dear people in my lives in the last few months. And it's, it's strange because I started listening to Griefcast before um, that happened, but after that happened, listening to Griefcast and listening to comedians talk about grief, sometimes really, like, really horrible things, uh, but can talk about it in a lighthearted, not lighthearted, in a in an honest way, mm-hmm. not sugarcoating the grief, but also not making it more dramatic, was really helpful. And so I, I listened to a lot of that in order to process through my day. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think there's a lot of podcasts and we'll try link some show notes on what we talked about. And yeah, if you have any more questions, let us know on our email, thecuppodcast at gmail.com or Facebook. Mm-hmm. So yeah, listeners, uh, we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information and resources of whatever we talked about on our website, delica.id. Music credits to John Dealey, Lee Rosevere, and of course, Broke for Free. If you like what you hear and want to support us, please review our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please share our podcast with your friends. It's the best way to spread the word about Dialogica. If you want to get more involved, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and our Twitter. Please follow us in these various platforms. Our Twitter handle is at dialogicapod. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Steph Tank. That's S-T-E-P-H-T-A-N-G-K. Thank you again and see you guys next time. Bye!